It's good to talk to you. Thanks. Um, good to be talking to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because you know, for one thing, you are still alive. Yeah, yeah. That uh, when you have two doctors tell you you should be dead, it kind of gets things going. Well, we're going to talk about all that. What happened, and your new book, and your tour across the country. Um, first of all, can you introduce yourself? I'm Jeff Samber. I, uh, right now, I currently reside in Tucson for the cold months, but most of my life I've spent in Colorado. And what were you doing there? I was a firefighter for 28 years in Colorado at Fort Collins. That sounds like a great job. Yeah, it was a good career, and uh, but I don't mind being retired. It's even a better job. I, I get to choose my own hours. So to celebrate your... Yeah, well, happy retirement. Thank happy, you. Or, it's or, been a while, but I still love being retired. And it, it's, uh, well, I'm looking forward to that already. So, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, can I ask how old you are? I'm 57. That's a good age to be retired at. Yeah, I retired at 53 because at the time I had a body that worked and I had all these things to do on my bucket list, including riding a long way across the country. Well, that's what we'll talk about. What, okay. So how did you decide to start? You started in San Diego. And you rode to Maine. Bar Harbor, Maine. That's amazing. So what, where'd you get that idea from? You know, I didn't want to do it the traditional way, and I also waited to retirement for a reason. I, I didn't want to be in a rush. And I basically, my, my route was very loosey-goosey. As I tell people, I took major, detour, major detours to see a minor league baseball game. That's another like, beauty. Of, you know, I love seeing baseball. So I saw 15 ballparks I went out of my way to see and I even got to throw the first pitch at three of them. You're kidding. No, that, I'm still waiting for the Yankees to call and you know, offer huh. me a job. But I'm still waiting. How did you wrangle that? How did you get to do the first well, pitch? Well, I had a self-promotion. I would send an email to the uh, ticket office saying, hey, I'm riding my bike cross country. I love baseball. Can you spring for a couple of tickets? And About 75% of the time they'll give you tickets and then every once in a while they'll say, hey, sure, you want to throw out the first pitch? And, you know, I uh, cleared it with my agent, and he said, fine, throw out the first pitch. Well, um, so you're, a, I guess, a lifelong baseball fan. Yeah, well, I grew up three miles from Yankee Stadium, yeah, so uh, it's in my blood. Can you, um, now, so do you, so there's so many things that you're into. You're, you're a firefighter. Uh, yeah, retired. Base- I almost like to just talk about that too, but you're also a baseball fan. But then, have you always been a bike tour? Tourist? You know, I've been bicycle touring for the, the whole career. So I've been basically I've been bicycle touring for over thirty years. And what, so, what were your your rides leading up to this? How did you know that you could oh, do this? Oh, I've been. Oh, I went around Lake Superior. I did a ride for the Lance Armstrong Foundation, where I rode around my, around Colorado as a fundraiser to perimeter. Um, I went to Spain, um, Israel, wow. Australia three times, New Zealand, a uh, big chunk of Canada. Wow. Uh, I actually have done two baseball tours where all I did was go from baseball stadium to baseball stadium. So, yeah, I, I usually have spent, you know, a significant part of each summer on a bicycle. Um, so you're from New York? Originally. And uh, you, you, have you, your whole career is though, has, as a firefighter been in, Colo- in Colorado? Correct. 20 
eight years in Fort Collins, home oh. of New Belgium Brewery. Uh, that's right, and they have been really good to us in the bike scene here. Well, they were good to me a few times. They uh, they were my major sponsor when I rode around the perimeter of Colorado. Huh. So you're like a semi-professional in a way of, of when it comes well, to biking. I, well, it's like I tell people, I'm probably as close to being a professional cyclist as you get without being paid for it. Uh, I probably have. I'm just going to guess. And I'm not, you know, puffing my chest out. I've just been on a bike a lot of times. 250,000 career miles, I'm guessing, about a quarter of a million career miles. That's like some people fly that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get there a lot faster than I do. Yeah, but not as not, no, not in the as same much style. Fun. Not yeah. as much fun. So, you wrote a book, and it's called right. "Demons." Drawing demons on the diagonal. Why? How? How'd you get that name? Well, it, it's kind of a controversial name. It's not as scary or you know evil sounding as the title. The basically the gist of it is, um, you know, each chapter is a state. And each state, I, be, I start off with writing about a call I was on, you know, an emergency call. And some were horrific, and some were very hilarious. So this is the, like the joke, is this is kind of like the demons, and I'm trying to exercise these demons while I ride cross-country into retirement. Um, but it's, it's, more, it's a very lighthearted uh, account of cross-country. I met a lot of interesting people. I saw a lot of interesting places. I saw every Great Lake. I uh, followed the Colorado River, Route 66, um, the Camino de Real of New Mexico. I would basically just, you know, if something looked interesting, I went out of my way to go see it. And uh, so it was kind of a voyage of discovery for me also. I got to see the headwaters of the Mississippi. Uh, it was just an amazing wow. experience. It just sounds incredible. So, and, and you really did it right. I mean, it sounds like you have been planning this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Like I said, I wanted time to be the only the only time you know you know issue I had was getting to Maine before it started snowing. Uh-huh. That was about it. So, that was my time frame. So what was the time that it took again? It took me four and a half months, and I covered uh, sixty five hundred miles in seventeen states and fifteen ballparks. And what kind of map system did you use? How did you know what routes well, to take? I pretty much, it's like I tell people, this is from years and years of touring, you could pretty much plan five days in advance, at least from my experiences. And then after once that five days is up, you start making a new plan. Hmm. Um, that way it keeps it, you know, you're kind of keeping it within doable limits. You can't, like, wake up one morning and go, I'm going to ride from San Diego to Maine. You know, that's just too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you just break it up into increments, and eventually you get there. So I, was, I had a laptop, and I had maps lots and lots of maps no gps and what's your what was your gear like oh what did i you carried bring? uh four panniers and a catch-all on the back probably overall weight was probably about 40 pounds of gear i'm guessing i've heard that before about 40 pounds and i for, for touring and I, I it always seems like really not much to me but it's it's you'd be amazed how happy you are with so little hmm um, so you you have like what, a change of clothing for two days or? You know I do it with three days. I don't want to be living in a laundromat all the time. So I mm-hmm. kind of I try to gear, bring my clothes that it lasts me about a week before I got to do a laundry. And when you say a catch all in the back, can you explain what that is? Oh, that that I had like a big duffel bag that I could throw my dirty laundry in. 
and just a couple incidentals, you know, items. But it's mostly a laundry bag. I feel like if I was to tour, I would have a trailer. You know, that's a lot of people say that, and you know, I'm old-fashioned. I'm very retro. I do panniers for a reason because I don't I don't want to be more stretched out than I already am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not exactly. I, really. I, and that's one more thing to have to deal with if something goes wrong. Hmm. Right. When you say stretched out, what do you mean? There's you don't well, want to be. Well, I don't. Long. I don't want to be exposed to another four feet of of of, of possible. Vehicles, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and that's one of the things I have in my mind. Plus, you got to carry another tire, another tube. Um, you know, I try to keep things simple. I mean, I think that's why when I recommend touring people, I say keep it simple, and I also say be comfortable. If it has a choice between extra weight and being comfortable, go for the comfort. So you wrote a book called Demon, sorry, Destroying Demons in the Diagonal. So it's Correct. a positive thing, destroying the demons on the diagonal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I did a pretty good job. And so you just type this into uh, Google, or you can go to the link, which is... Uh, what's well, it's on, it's right now, it's on available on, on Amazon. So um, you, oh, you could just click on Amazon and then put in my name, Jeff Samber, and it'll come up. And there's been some positive reviews and... Um, yeah, it's it's been so far. It's been a lot. Of, you know, it's been interesting. It's been a good distraction. So tell me about the thing that you sent me uh, called about second chance. It was in the end of the book. Yeah, that's my final. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was close to being my real final chapter. Hmm. Um, six months ago, I was bike touring around. Uh, I started a bicycle tour from uh, Whitefish, Montana, and I was going to do a circumnavigation of Glacier National Park. Well. This, the uh, going to the Sun Highway was closed because of so much snow, so I took an alternative route on Highway 2 south of uh, going to the Sun Highway. And just as I got to the top of a pass, uh, a guy from Australia was, as he was saying verbatim, I was sightseeing, I was looking at the mountains. He hit me at 50 miles an hour. We were in his name. And so that's what he – in your story, you say that you're lying there. You know, you you just woke up. Yeah, I was unconscious. I was unconscious for, I'm guessing, two to four minutes. And already the people were working on you? People somehow – I don't know where they came from. They just materialized. But somebody was applying traction to my neck, and uh, one of my eyes was already swollen shut. And um, Maybe that's your – maybe that's yeah, your – Go sorry. ahead. I was going to say maybe that's your karma for all the help that you've done for people. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a crazy thing to wake up in a ditch. So the, this uh, sightseer is the first thing that he says to you is that he was sightseeing, but he doesn't he doesn't apologize. Is what he never he apologized. The guy never checked me out in the hospital. Oh, never apologized. God. I actually sent him a letter to Australia saying how disappointed in him i was just the fact that how could you do this to somebody and and not even apologize so yeah people people are different sometimes i guess well it sounds like you're very you have a very uh forgiving a- outlook too i mean for just well, to say yeah <laughs> well i'm probably never gonna see him and uh you know i i don't wish what happened to me on anybody you didn't want to sue him another cyclist yeah you didn't want to take him to court and sue him well you know, international, it's just, uh, no, there's not much you could do, really. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, just got to try to put it behind me. And you know, I already bought a new touring bike, 
and uh, I'm planning on a few tours this summer. And I, you know, once the, once my neck, I was in a neck brace for two and a half months, and once that neck brace came off, I got right back on the bike wow. and started riding again, even though I couldn't turn my head. Wow! I broke eleven vertebrae and I broke my sternum. Yeah, you know what? Tell uh, uh, you before we. I have a co-host named Chicken Leather, and he wants to ask a question. But uh, tell us about also the the whole medical part of it. Once you came into the hospital, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, well, they they took me to this small hospital on the reservation and uh they you know there was, there was pretty much limited care they could do for me so they had me put in a, a helicopter and they chopped me over to Kalispell where I stayed two nights in ICU and then another two nights just in the hospital where the uh, neurosurgeon was the first guy that tells me you know I said well what's my long-term prognosis he goes well we don't know we don't see patients like you and I said why not he goes well they're usually dead and that's when I realized the severity of, you know, besides being a firefighter and seeing the other people who go through this, um, you know, the results of what happened. You know, I, I got off fortunate because I, I, in my 28 years, I saw three cyclists who did get killed from the same kind of accident that I had, except they weren't wearing a helmet, and I was fortunately wearing a helmet. I hear this so much about people, you know, too too often you hear that the reason somebody now always wears a helmet is because of an accident, you know, and, um, yeah. you don't, oh, you, I swear by them, you know, I, yeah. they saved my life twice, this wasn't the first time, this was the second time that helmet saved my life. Well, um, you also got some cosmetic surgery, right? Yeah, I, I, uh, I had 20 stitches in my face, um. I had to go uh, in Kalispell when I got out of the uh, helicopter. There was a plastic surgeon waiting to stitch me up so to minimize the scarring. And I still got some scarring, and I got a chunk of my nose was taken out. And you know, I I don't I wasn't there when it happened, but I, I guess I was sliding on the cement pavement. I was sliding, and a chunk of my nose slid off. I guess. Ooh. And I got a crazy looking scar on my right shoulder. That looks like an hourglass. Same thing, you know, just sliding on the pavement. But you're back on the bike. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm back on the bike, and uh, yeah, like I said, about once I got out of the brace, I went and replaced the touring bike that was totaled. And so, what? Yeah, and, I'm and, back on the bike. <laughs> um, what kind of bike do you have? You know, I got a Rondinet from REI, and I, mm. I do like them. They're uh, very sturdy bikes and they, they track really well on the descents even under load so yeah i'd give them high high recommendations especially for the price uh-huh you know cool. you couldn't get one for less than what they're you know huh. and they're very reliable well then props to uh what is it called rondelay a rondonay like you know when people go for rondonay rondonay when they go for long distance bike rides so it's a rondonay r-a-n-d-o-n-e-e our, our chicken leather, our co-host, uh, has nodded his head uh, sententiously. I think is the word. And uh, so, Sorry? He, our our co-host is nodding. He knows it, and he's going to okay. ask you a question too. But uh, then, uh, just to 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 end up here, you described how you greet people that you haven't seen for a long time. Oh, <laughs> well, um, I give them big hugs, and uh, yeah, a lot of people who know the severity of what I got hit. Yeah, they they realize I should be dead. Yeah. So. So you give him a big hug. Yeah. 
And you said uh, you get a life-affirming squeeze at the end if you if you're lucky. If you if you let it go long enough, you get that squeeze. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's like I said. You know, it's something you, you just don't brush yourself off, and you know, get back to life after something like that. And uh, you know, I'm getting you know I'm you know you think about it. You know, life is precious, and now quickly things could change. And I'm fortunate not to be dead, and I'm fortunate not to be in a wheelchair. I also wish it never happened. Well, um, Chicken Leather has a question for you. Um, this has been a great interview so far. And, oh, uh, thank you. I thank you so much for getting in touch with us. How'd you get in touch with Bike Talk? How'd you know? You no, know, I was uh, before, about a, a month before I got hit, I was on the Grand Canyon. I was an assistant boatman on the Grand Canyon, and one of the boatmen knew I was a very avid cyclist, and he told me about your show. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah so that's how I... Uh, I heard about you when I came back, and I knew, you know, I wanted to tell my story in many ways. You know, I got in touch with you guys. That is so great. Well, I uh, hope you do keep in touch with us. Okay. Um, here is Chicken Leather with a question, I believe. Hi. Hi, this is, uh, uh, it, it's uh, great to hear from you, but I'm, I'm really concerned about, uh, do, you, do you go out of your way to be safer, taking one route uh, say off the interstate as opposed to getting on, you know, three feet from, uh, from uh, like semis and other things. I know there's a stretch in Davis between Davis and Sacramento that's it's it's 18 miles. It's you, the road isn't too hard and everything, but you're literally inches away from like semis and and other things. I'm just wondering if if that sort of dictated to you uh, how, how you go. And then the other one was just about uh, food, but. Uh, well, you know, when you, are you referring to my cross-country ride? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? I, here's what I tell people, and, and it's like I tell people. When you go cross-country, you got to be prepared to go on anything. I was on I-40. I was on I-25. Um, and believe it or not, for the most part, there's such huge shoulders on the interstate. Somehow, sometimes I think they're almost safer. Not that I would recommend going on them because they're a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, you pretty much keep... You can't, you, you're pretty, I tell people I was on trails, I was on sidewalks, I was on, you know, you name it, I rode it. Uh, because just, you just got to be practical. You know, it's a big country, and sometimes you don't want to be on that road, but guess what? It's the only way to get there. So, you know, for the most part, I was on pretty quiet roads, and that's what I tried to, if I had choices from, you know, looking at the maps, oh, this one looks quieter, and, you know, I'll take that. It usually worked out pretty well. Yeah. But, I, you know, the, the other thing that I always notice is um, I, I started to carry just a, a simple first aid kit or something. I'm wondering if you, if you do the same. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, the only things I carry is uh, a couple of bandages, if that, some moleskin uh -huh. and uh, aspirins. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, you know, I guess I know the job enough from, you know, doing an EMT for so many years. Right. I realize anything in a, in a first aid kit is not going to real save your life. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't carry that extra weight. Yeah, okay. Well, the other thing is, and in, in traveling uh, across or whatever, I'm just wondering what kind of diet you kept. Did you? There's a lot of guys when they travel, like, <laughs> they, they take goop, and I'm just going, oh, that doesn't no, seem pleasurable. No. Why, don't, why don't you just eat what the locals eat or something? Yeah, well, I tell people I did a lot of bar food at night uh -huh. because, you know, I like my beer at night, so I did a lot of bar food. So carbs? Carbs, yeah, there you go. And, you know, I mean, I usually, if I had a choice, you know, I picked a chicken sandwich over a hamburger, 
And during the, you know, my breakfasts were huge. I had a big breakfast because I needed that to get going in the morning, and of course, lots of coffee. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would do a big veggie omelet with hash browns and toast. And then about 11 o'clock, I would have what I'd call my second breakfast, where I would stop and have, like, pancakes if I could find pancakes along the way. And then the rest of the day was, like, bananas and fruit. And that's kind of like a little joke I did in my book where, you know, I wrote at the, at the back of the book is what I call the sore bottom line. Like, this is... This is what, um, you know, it, this is what the logistics was. And I said I was like a Johnny Appleseed on a bicycle because I was always pitching apple cores and peach <laughs> pits and nectarines, you know, out to the side of the road. So I eat a lot of fruit during the day to keep it light and then have a big meal again at dinner. Yeah, there's that joke in France that, that uh, all the pear orchards and something are from bike riders that used to ride by there and stuff. So I, yeah. guess, it's, I guess it's the same everywhere in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, believe me, the cyclists have a lot more in common than they don't. Well, well, just from a, a, a lit literary thing, and, and Nick is kind of rolling his eyes as I ask this. I didn't uh, say. Uh, is uh, uh, did you did you consult any other uh, other books on touring? I know there's a lot of them on motorcycle touring and stuff, but do you did you read anything else about travels or anything before you? Uh... you no, know, not really, because you know I had so much experience myself that I pretty much knew that wasn't going to be. You know, I don't need a how-to guide because I've been doing it at that point for like 30 years. Uh huh. So that was you know the how-to wasn't a concern. I mean, it's like you know I, I would all riding. It's pretty much a you know, I've seen most conditions. Uh huh. Yeah. Did, now, the the last thing I'm going to ask is, um, I'm I do some wrenching. Did you take any basic kind of classes or anything, or, or enough of no, stuff? No, I'm terrible. Oh God! <laughs> I, so you I were. Always, I don't even. I carried maybe a few rudimentary tools, and I always tell people, for the most part, you could always limp into a bike shop. For ah. the most part, very few times are you totally dead in the water. Did, did you ever have a, a serious, like, break or, or something that sort of laid you well, out for a day or two? Yeah, I had one time in Pennsylvania where my break, where my shifter's cable snapped. So I was able to have, I, it was it was kind of locked into granny gear. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how. I think I went into some place and got a yellow pages and found out where to go, where the closest bike shop was and called them up and they said, yeah, come on over and. And it was a good thing because everything was closed on Sunday. It was a Saturday <laughs> afternoon when it happened. So, yeah, you know, I always muddled into a. You could always pretty much muddle into a bike shop one way or another for the most part. It, it sounds very serendipitous that that something happens and then you find something that'll help you out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it like I said, somehow, you know, everything gets resolved somehow. <laughs> And it's still better. It's like I tell people: a bad day on the bike is still better than a great day at work. All right, okay, I'm going to pass it back to Nick now. Well, that was a great thank closing you. note. Hmm? Right. And uh, thank you so much for calling and, and keep up with the show if you can, please, Jeff. Because uh, okay, it's great to hear how you got how you got in touch with us. Okay, oh, yeah, I appreciate. It. Now, are you uh, are we off the air? No, but we can be. Oh, no, no, no. I'm in no rush. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so you're still in Colorado? No, no. I'm in Tucson. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I moved. I, only because of the weather. It's, uh, the winter's got to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. then Tucson is one of the, for some reason, it's a, like a bike mecca. Well, it's it's a good place for commuting. I would I got hit here in two Octobers ago. 
when oh. I was on my road bike. Um, it's it's a good place to commute because they got bike lanes everywhere, and mm-hmm. it is. It's, I, I just get on my bike, and you know, I just got back from running errands on my bicycle. But for road biking, if you, especially I live by the uh, central, as they call it, by the university, um, it takes a while to get out of town. So as far as what I'm used to in Fort Collins, we're like five minutes from my house. I was basically in the country. Right. Here I can go one direction 10 miles, another one 13 miles. Oh, you can yeah. actually be riding without stop and go, stop and go. So you miss, yeah. Then, but oh, still- I, I knew that moving to Tucson, my road biking was going to take a back seat to hiking, whereas, you know, in Colorado, I was known as a cyclist. Uh-huh. Um, but, I, you know, I'm still, you know, I'll, I can still get out there, and uh, and I'll be touring in April. I'm supposed to be going from New Orleans to uh, the Canadian border in April, and then I'm going to do a, a tour in southwest Colorado, and then I'm, I'm going back to Montana because i got unfinished business to take care of in Montana. That sounds almost ominous. You're going to take care of somebody? No, 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 no. I, I, I got to do that. Finish up that ride that I was interrupted on. Oh wow! And that's how you feel about it. Like it was, you got to yeah, go back yeah. and finish the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something was interrupted, and I got to go uh, finish it up. Um. All right. Well. Um, cool. And so I'm. I'm going to have to buy your book. I think. Uh, destroying oh, demons in the van. I think. I think you'll like it. I mean, I've been getting real nice reviews. In mm-hmm. fact, I just got a. An ex-firefighter uh, I used to work with, who's very stoic, he just sent me an email telling me that uh, he really enjoyed the book. And coming from this guy, yeah. that was like the best review I got, because he never gives anybody compliments. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I was, cool. pretty, uh, I was pretty excited when I saw him give me an attaboy. All right. And uh, but do you ever go to Bicus? That co- that yeah, bike? yeah, I've been over there in Tucson. Yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah, yeah. I just know it from, you know, just heard it mentioned a bunch of times all right well uh anything else you want to say before we go well the uh like i said the book's available on amazon and it's um my you know you, all you got to do is uh, punch in my name jeff samber and, and you'll find it right there destroying demons on the diagonal and uh and if anybody wants to get a hold of me ask me more questions i'm always willing to uh you know tell people things and whatever give them advice and it's just my name jeff samber at gmail.com Sounds great. Thank you so much for calling in. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hopefully. Well, thanks but, so much for giving me this opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, and let us know in April when you're getting ready to go. Okay. Well, you guys be safe out there, everybody. All right. Please. Cool. You too. Thanks. And wear your helmet. I, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Did you hear that, Chicken Leather? Yeah, I know. Are you wearing your helmet? No, I'm not. <laughs> it's that, but that, we're in the studio. I don't think I need a helmet in the studio. <laughs> I don't then take it, any chances. Then I, again, I, Kill I, Radio yeah, is yeah. a. There is a lot of hanging uh, cables and fans. You and know, always don't low, take it off. Low, low lying. Uh, Just take CD it off. racks that could bump into me at any time in mic stands. You know, Ow. If Ow. You see that, and I'm I'm safe here with my helmet on. So if you, uh, yeah, you know, it's like if you if you take your helmet off, you just you might forget to put it back on. Yeah. All right. So seriously, folks. Yeah, well, well th- th- that was that was good cause, but um, I'm I'm gonna still play the devil's advocate and say maybe the streets should be safe enough so you don't have to wear your helmet because they don't Absolutely. wear their helmet a lot Absolutely. of the time I in agree. in Norway mm-hmm. or well, this Norway. country should be not Norway, like uh, uh, Copenhagen, Copenhagen. Excuse me. Or Norway. Or Norway. Yeah. What is you know, it's kind of funny. There's that that whole kind of region strain of the the northern little 
cities there that uh, that have done bike yeah, infrastructure and they they reduce that's that. amazing but we should we should take a you know the netherlanders came here and they tried to share it with us do you think that yeah. they that they with the dutch the, the dutch yeah, which the is think the think bike absolutely and came and they um what was that well that was that was something i, I think that the the bike guys from caltrans just decided hey you know what let's get some help let's yeah, get some solution help. to stuff because it, it's funny because that's the same kind of idea that our, our guest last week was uh Sort of chiming in, Mark Elliott. Yeah, Mark. Mark was chiming in that it, he, he couldn't find solution with people here, so he, he just put it out there for other people. And you know, it's kind of like on their day off, they'd come out and, and help out. Um, ha- yeah, well, having go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, we should uh, have Mark Elliott call in because yeah, we he was we, thinking about calling in. Right. We any, anyway. That that being said, um, I, I'm wondering. Uh, if if Jeff, this is one question I didn't ask him about uh, destroying demons. If he was into Buffy, because I guess that's what Buffy the Vampire Slayer used to do all the time. We we don't think of him, it, it, you know, media and stuff is is being lending itself to literature. We we usually think the opposite. The literature lends itself to media, and we're we're seeing that with the <laughs> the onslaught of 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 just like. My God, riding my bike around town, it's like if you don't know Sherlock Holmes opened yesterday, you're a fool. <laughs> what you, what, oh, because of all the – what the Yeah, we're just just looking across, we're seeing the same thing. And we have another call. And it's, I'm, uh, I'm sure that – Hey, good morning. Oh, sorry. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I just had a successful interview with Jeff uh, Samber who wrote a book uh, about his retirement ri- – did you hear? You didn't hear. You weren't listening. That's okay. No, no. Uh, his retirement ride from uh, San Diego to Maine, and uh, how he almost got how he almost got killed and all that. Oh wow! Well, and I'll definitely I'll catch up with it on the uh, on the MP3. Cool. So how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm wondering if if Jeff talked about the U.S. bicycle route uh, system that's getting uh, knitted together. Yeah, maps. That would make his ride probably a little bit easier. Well, no, he didn't. I asked. We asked him about. You know, he just he did talk about how he would plan, but um, he didn't say anything about. It. Tell us about it. Oh well, uh, the, uh, the U.S. bicycle route is a uh, is a designated, you know, official uh, designated route. It's uh, designated by AASHTO, the American Association of I don't want to say transportation planning professionals. I'm getting the uh, the acronym wrong, but you know, basically they're looking at uh, cobbling together a route. Not much like the numbered interstate system, but for designated bike routes, uh, one of which would be a nice uh, little route right here from in Los Angeles from uh, from Santa Monica to Chicago on the old Route 66 corridor. I just wrote a piece on that for, for my site, betterbike.org, uh, this morning. You did uh, what's on the website? Oh, on my website is, uh, is a piece I wrote about this bicycle route system and this proposal to make Route 66, which is the Santa Monica Boulevard corridor, uh, to make that um, the designated bike route or one of the designated bike routes from Los Angeles to Chicago, which is the original routing of Route 66. And the idea is, you know, let's just take that theme, kind of fast forward uh, to today when we're trying to build a national bike network and and just kind of use that as, uh, as an anchor. So I just posted about that this morning. Um, well, so tell me about this route. It's like six. It's like Route 66 exactly, or it goes along it, or how does it work? Yep, it would be it would be 
essentially the old Route 66, which, um, which you can drive today, and mostly it's the old two-lane blacktop. If you remember the Route 6, there was a TV show back in, uh, I want to say, mid-60s called Route 66, and, you know, the idea was explore the old road. And in originally, Route 66 was a um, just a kind of a knitting together of state highways into this kind of umbrella um, national route called Route 66, again, from Los Angeles or Santa Monica, actually, to Chicago. And, you know, America's Main Street, it was called. And the, uh, the western part of that route was Santa Monica Boulevard, you know, right from downtown to, um, to the beach, to the ocean. And the idea is behind this bicycle route network is, you know, we need to kind of start to identify, designate, officially designate these uh, bicycle routes, you know, along these old highways, the two lanes. So Route 66 is a great kind of thematic focus because, you know, here we have America's Main Street, that old road, the two-lane blacktop, which for most of its length is still two-lane blacktop with gas stations and, and old motels and all that old stuff that takes you through, you know, Winslow, Arizona from, from the old song, Jesus, uh, uh, is it the Eagle? No, no, Steve Miller Band, Winslow, Arizona. And, huh. you know, if we can kind of resurrect that theme for, as maybe you know, one of these kind of anchors for a national bicycle uh, network, then, you know, let's, let's run with that. So uh, the, the news mm -hmm. this summer was that AASHTO, the, uh, the designating folks, identified a handful of new routes, a couple up in New Hampshire and Maine, and then a few in Alaska of all places. But looking forward, uh, now there's a group working on this Route 66 idea. So I just thought, you know, if you have this, this guy, uh, Jeff, was, uh, was on talking about his trip, I was wondering if he had mentioned that. No, no. And so what's the idea? The idea is to, um, what is the idea? Well, I think the idea is to, this is the idea, as, as, I, as I see it, the potential as I see it is, you know, we've had, and I wrote about this in the Post, you know, 50 years ago, um, Congress passed and Eisenhower signed the, you know, the kind of so-called Defense Highways Act, and that's spurred the creation of an internet highway, uh, I'm sorry, of, a, of an interstate highway system. Internet. And, uh, you know, why not uh, think about it like that as a, as a, as a kind of a template or a, or a model for a national bike network also? Uh, so, but instead of connecting these anonymous interchanges and actually bypassing uh, the towns and the cities where we want to go, you know, the, the national bike route would actually link those towns that have long been overlooked by the interstate and, and, and connect them with the old two-lane that's such a pleasure to, to drive or to, to bicycle. And uh, let's start putting in place this kind of a national network, the U.S. Um, bike route system, U.S. Oh, wow. That sounds so good. But um, so there isn't one of those already. I know that uh, Adventure Cycling has done something. Yeah, that's the, that's the organization working with Ashto to move this forward. And they've identified this this you know incredible network of uh, potential corridors. Uh, again, looking at these two lanes of these state highways and the, and the smaller towns. And and right now, you know, they're kind of, we're in the early stages of actually designating with a numbered route, an official numbered route. Uh, that network. So they have this, this whole kind of net of, of potential corridors, and now we just have to start moving forward on uh, actually identifying them and, you know, getting local, state and local officials also to recognize this, get the signage in place so that, you know, when we think about traveling across the country, it doesn't have to happen on the interstate. It can happen on the blacktop, and there can be a, a route system and, uh, and, and uh, this 
numbered signs to guide us. So, but it won't be like a, a dedicated bike lane or anything across the interstate. No, although you know, I think my interest in the issue is this kind of is a local interest, in Santa Monica Boulevard corridor. You know, the old Route 66, and I'm thinking anything, any kind of symbolic or historic importance we can attach to that. You know, the better able we are to start to put in place the improvements at the local level. You know, working through through individual cities. Uh, to put those kind of facilities or improvements in place. So if we can, you know, if we think, you know, kind of globally, if you will, about the, a U.S. bike route system, and we think we'll focus that down to a key corridor like Route 66 and Santa Monica Boulevard, then at the local level, you know, how can we, how can we kind of uh, pay homage to that or honor, you know, that, uh, that kind of system mm-hmm. by putting in place the facilities like bike routes and signage and other things that kind of recognize it locally. That's that's my interest here. You know, I work in Beverly Hills, trying to trying to make these changes. And <laughs> you know, if I can if I can hang some uh, historic significance on the on the corridor, you know, mm-hmm. I'll I'll do that. And mm-hmm. let's uh, put in place the facilities we need. Well, it's great to have you thinking strategically and and able to talk about it like you do. Well, you know, it's when I when I read about this, uh, I guess from summertime, you know, about these routes being designated and then. Recently, there was a group formed for the Senate for Route 66, and then my local piece of it, which runs here through Beverly Hills, I thought, you know, yeah, I definitely have to get on board with this. And uh, I think we have to, you know, think strategically, but mostly for me it resonated because I thought, well, geez, here's an analog to the interstate system that's not about, you know, McDonald's and Waffle House, but that's about the, those small towns I love to pass through as a driver, even better if I've got a route network out there that I think, oh, so I... I'm going to go to Denver. I don't have to drive. I can actually think about bicycling that. You know, how exciting would that be? I envy Jeff for getting out there on such a long-distance trip. Yeah, me too. I mean, that sounded like something <laughs> that was really inspiring. Um, so, what's the what's the website that you posted on? It's Better Bike. Betterbike.org. Okay, I'm going to go there now. Yeah, check it out. I, I welcome any you know any comments. I, uh, uh, you know, to me, any any. Any way we can move beyond the interstate and kind of the popular imagination about road travel, you know, that's, that's just the better. Anything else you want to tell us on this uh, Saturday? Uh, you know what I would like to say? I'd, I'd love to see a, you know, a convocation or a summit of folks here in the region uh, that, that blog about cycling or that are um, advocates or activists. You know, we're, we're all kind of um, out there. You know, we, we, we write our posts, we work maybe a little strategically. Sometimes we work together sh- to show up at meetings, put a little pressure on cities here and there. It's, it's been pretty effective in uh, Los Angeles and Santa Monica, and, and, uh, and there are other issues that we've organized on, like the three-foot passing law that Jerry Brown uh, vetoed uh, a month or two ago. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of, you know, at our desks or, 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 or you know, tweeting from the phone, and I'm thinking I'd love to see all of us in one room, you know, just thinking about mm-hmm. what our uh, shared agenda is and how to move mm-hmm. that forward, kind of building on the bike summit uh, that was hosted by CalBike and LACBC mm-hmm. a few months ago, a couple of months ago, and, you know, I'd love to see in the new year that, uh, you know, bike bloggers get together and talk about what our interests are, you know, what our mission is, and, and how we can carry an agenda forward together. So a bike bloggers summit. Yeah, bike blogger summit exactly. Hmm. You know, broadly construed. You know, if, you, if you're a, if you're a local advocate and you post once in a while just on upcoming events, that's great. 
if you're you know a, a edgy activist like uh, like Alex Thompson, that's great. You know, if you're just a novelistic uh, writer, uh, that's great. You know, anyone who's just out there, you know, putting it out for cyclists, I'd love us to be in the same room so I can meet some of the folks that I'd like to read that maybe I haven't met yet. That's a great idea, and uh, if we can put it on, put some version of it at least on, yeah, facilitate it or whatever we can do at Bike Talk, that yeah. would be great. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe we'll set up a site for it. Let's do it. Um, well, I lo- I'm looking at your site, and it looks great. Oh, thanks. A little facelift recently, you know, trying to make it a little more user-friendly. It's just, well, it's so r- information-rich. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So much good stuff. Um, any other sites that are sort of doing what you're doing that you know of um, I that you're looking at? You know, I think people do it in, in all different ways. My interest is in is in policy and planning, so I kind of take that angle, you know, I'm going to be posting in the next day or so uh, um, an article on, or a piece on um, our Santa Monica Boulevard, the old Pacific Electric light rail line that used to run along Santa mm-hmm. Monica Boulevard and, and, uh, and Burton Way here in Beverly Hills, and there's a risk that we're going to lose some of the transportation zoned land that, as in my imagination, I see it as an active transportation corridor in the future, but there's a proposal by a few property owners to just, you know, build an office building on it and so my okay, so you, policy you, I'm going to be writing about something like that but you know I really appreciate bloggers like um, uh, Ted uh, Rogers who do something totally different you know they're just like these incredible you know source aggregators Ted just finds sources you know 20, 30, 40 sources will go into a single post and he'll just kind of make this you know novelistic type narrative weaving all these things in together his, his focus is on is on safety and you know just getting right uh, how we think about cyclists out there. I love to read Ted's blog and uh, see he does something totally different than I do. But What's it called again? Talk about information rich. He's so been on the show LA. and it's Bike LA. Is his blog? Biking in LA. Biking in LA. Right. He's been on the show and um, we should get him on again or maybe for the when we get everybody together if we oh, can do yeah. that. Oh yeah, he should definitely be a keynote speaker. I think and uh, I'd love to hear him on the show. Do we have to rent a hotel uh, space and everything? Well, that's, we'll just have to figure out how to work that out. I mean, there's, there's enough folks around, uh, you know, on our side of things that I think we can probably come up with something that's, that's pretty doable. It'd be nice to have, you know, a uh, cold refreshment table like they do at, you know, so-called legitimate uh, events, like, uh, you know, some of the planning and land use forms and the, you know, you go to a auto club hosted thing and you know you're not wanting for muffins and coffee you know so we could have something a little bit like that um okay well i'd love to do it soon if possible so yeah, uh, you let's, know. let's aim for early in the new year then yeah great well we're due for a bike talk benefit our last one was in last january and <clears throat> maybe we can combine it somehow and have the bloggers like MC the benefit there we go all right well thank you so much you're doing a lot here uh, Mark and I didn't know about you uh, before last month or so. <laughs> under the radar, under the radar. Well, it should, it should be should be well known. I mean, because your your uh, blog is it a blog? It's. Uh, it's uh, I, I guess. I mean, I, I just mean, kind of broadly, it's a blog, I suppose. Uh, there's just so much on there. Well, and thanks. <clears throat> okay. There'll be more. I appreciate your time, Nicholas. And I appreciate yours. Thanks. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Okay, great. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, just just looking at his site, he's got something here about Bike USC. I um, I was down there 
because if a lot of people don't know this, if you're uh, caught between um, getting some sort of health care in your, in your thing, a lot of health care is covered, but dental seems to be the thing they sort of drop, and that, of course, is the thing everybody needs to get done, <laughs> which is kind of strange kind of dilemma. But SC has, has a, a, a great little dental clinic that they do. I know a couple of the universities do, and uh, I'm, I'm, I was frequenting it down there, but a lot of the times... Um, let's just be honest. Uh, if you're in a v, you know, if you're in a car or trying to get down there, it's pretty inaccessible. There is public transportation that goes right by there, but I opted to take my my bike down there a lot of times. And I know that the blog there was related to safety at SC. And uh, uh, Mark cites a lot of on, on the poster. He cites a lot of the fact that. There's a lot of LAPD that just want to scamper on you the minute you leave the SC kind of corridor there. I know that they're working SC. on a, a complete streets kind of uh, um, plan down there. Um, when when we bring up uh, how, how it's going to be more like uh, um, the Dutch and other places, but mm-hmm. I I would argue that they're getting a lot of the attention because they're they're students and they're kids and it's it's commerce down there, whereas uh, the north side of Figueroa, they're they're still fighting to actually change that and make it slower and stuff as it remains a corridor mostly for traffic as opposed to, um, you know, uh, a road diet to slow it down for businesses and just, just overall safety in the area. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times I'm taking um, a alt- alternative kind of slower street. I mean, we, we heard first off how you, you kind of have to take any street to get there sometimes, but I... Actually, I've, I've ridden these things enough so as I can map it and actually get around a little bit better. Well, if you're going interstate, you got to. He was yeah, I, settle for. Yeah, it's like there's the probably major. one road out of town or something. It's like Dodge or something, which yeah. which kind of brings us back to how this country is started. And it's funny because uh, he, he was talking about how. Okay, before it, we leave USC. Yeah, I want to. I want to say uh, it. I you know I was there to watch uh, Almodovar speak. Uh, and since you're a film filmmaker, yeah, filmophile, I'm sure you, yeah, can see how interesting that is. And um, he, not he, it's nothing about him. The um, place is crawling with bikes. It it is, but they're all heavy cruisers. They're all that, beach cruisers. That but it, they kind of it, we, we joke about it because it's like it, it's like an inland kind of like long beach, stuck right in the center of the city, which is just the opposite way you ride. And and, it, and it's funny because. Everybody else that goes by there goes, oh, you must be from SC. And they go, how did you know? And they, you look at the bike they're riding, and it's right. it's literally, I, I don't know how they sold it. I think it's just the image of riding around That's with a basket on, yeah. on campus. Whereas if you, you see people that are actually, and, and I'm, I'm using this just out of the box, it means nothing, but seasoned riders, seasoned people, after a while, you notice that you're, and I'm the first one to say it, you notice that you're, I made this transition years ago too. Uh, your coaster brake or your your paper boy or the 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 studio bike is a little bit heavy. Let's be honest. And um, you you look for alternatives. For years, I, I fought it. I said, "Ah, this is fine." And then somebody actually said, "You know, uh, maybe maybe a touring bike for you, like uh, something with speeds or gears." And I go, "Oh, who needs that?" You know, it's like. You know, it's almost like that that kind of uh, resistance we see with kids nowadays, always wanting a fixed gear or right. something. Go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you would do this, uh, the fixed gear, uh, beach cruiser. Uh, you know, it's interesting because around USC, the bike culture is all fixed gear. Yeah. And you see, like, packs of kids just, you know, cruising, I, and it's and it's. I, great I think see. you're seeing the, the neighborhoods around SC yeah. where it's like that. But the actual SC campus is still sort of dedicated yeah. to, like, so it's, an, it's funny. It's sturdy bikes mm-hmm. where you can throw a lot of weight right. in the front, and it's not going to destroy the frame. And that's what you're seeing. But by that, by the same token, you're increasing the weight a lot. And what what a lot of people are doing is, oh, let's just lighten the frame but keep the same frame. Um, I would look at it like, you know, a good steel frame is, is – I, I know there's that trend in New York to get a good steel frame and then put, lighten every other component on it from wheels to – Headsets to seats and everything else. You know, get a comfy seat. Spend it's, your money that, on a seat that you can either chain up or remove when you, when you walk away because you, mm-hmm. you don't want all this stuff stripped. And uh, that well, that was the the big hit I think at the film festival. I don't know if you saw it. There was yeah. people that uh, a, a, a a couple would go around and, and give you a letter grade on how well you locked up your bike. And there were people that used like <laughs> hokey ass locks didn't even lock up the frame or something or they they would lock to another lock which is kind of the kiss of death um you you really want to get steel to steel and really thick stuff so it will take some time and if anything you you can always rest assured somebody will steal the thing but but you want to slow them down enough so somebody might notice and say hey why are you cutting that lock or or something and then there was that famous video of somebody cutting a lock in new york city and nobody did nobody really they were just cutting it right yeah. Everybody. There, even um, what was it? The the guy that that always goes after. Um, oh yeah, who was that guy? Um, pe- not pedophiles, but he goes after like, like, you know, uh, NBC kind of stuff. It's like always whatever. He did one on bike theft, and they they put a tracer and a tracker, and they they followed the bike thief back to his house, and he admitted he had stolen it. But that was only after saying, "Yes, I have a horrible." addiction to heroin and I, this is how I make my money every day and it was like oh come on and it's not not that I'm making light of addiction but it was like he had it's uh, not an excuse yeah he had <laughs> he had almost like uh, uh, just broken it down to to a system or something I mean he did this every day and oh, they yeah. only caught him once wow but uh, <coughs> well um, sorry yeah. sorry to say that but uh, there's there oh, I, I, I would I would recommend yes. in this uh, shopping season, if you do get a bike, uh, invest some of that money not only towards the bike components but also towards a good lock to, to, so you can hold on to it. Well, and there's a there's a whole lot of uh, art to locking your bike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, sh- you need to – some people talk about getting the spoke. Uh, it's almost like a ninja. Locks. Yeah. Like a ninja lock Yeah. You, you, no, you know, the way of the locking, you know, I think that's the second or third kind yeah. of – you know, you get your your yellow belt doing that when you. That's interesting. Yeah, but um, you you we, they were mentioning earlier that uh, there was this uh, Cal Bike Summit, and I actually have been digitizing it for the last two weeks, and I finally got to a point now where I think I can play some of it if you want. Yeah, to if, especially if it. you have like a woman, because we've had all male. A voices woman. And, a know, woman. We need some women. Actually, um, there there was a discussion about bike tourism, which we were talking about. But uh, a lot of, a lot of the women, um, well, female voices. Uh, it was actually put together by Alexis and our our uh, who uh, decided 
that she should just be part of it. Let's see if we can't get, I think we played part of this before, but we're going to play the, the first part again. Or excuse me, so Alexis, the second part of this. Alexis is the, um, <coughs> what is Alexis her title? Alexis from, from uh, LACBC. Just from, yeah. I, I think she's, if she's not, the, I don't know if she's the director, but she should be. Well, not to be. Uh, not not to to spurn anybody that is the director. I think Jennifer is actually the director, and I think she has and something she, to do with the I'm media. And she, I'm sure she found Alexis, which is. Yeah, the, okay. actually, this is the, the oh, I pulled the wrong one. Here, pop that. Okay. Well, what about intro day one with Alexis? Well, we could go to that. Let's go to the intro day one. So, uh, here, you do that? here, you know, pull up uh, just a turntable there. We, don't, on we thing. don't speak of the technical details. Here we go. And here's the intro on day one with Alexis. Take a seat, and uh, we're going to get started here. Um, I'm Alexis Lance. I'm the planning and policy director for the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. I am also a board member for the California Bicycle Coalition, and I'd love to welcome you today. So, uh, thank you so much for attending the 2011 California Bike Summit. Um, I'm so excited to see so many advocates, club uh, leaders, allies, and supporters from around California here in Los Angeles for this event. It's pretty exciting. Um, this weekend's events are really about building our strength uh, and coming together to understand the issues that we are all challenged with at the local, regional, and state level, and also, um, which other folks will mention later, at the national level. Because <laughs> our transportation bill, Senate transportation bill, was released yesterday, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit as well. So over the next few hours and days, the California Bicycle Coalition really wants to hear from you, um, and we're also really excited to hear from our allies who are working on similar issues at the state and national level, who are here with us this weekend as well, so that they can share with us what they are working on and how we can work together to create a more bikeable and livable California and country. As a local advocate here in Los Angeles, I approached the CBC about having a uh, bike summit, a California bike summit, after attending last year's Alliance for Walking, <coughs> Walking Leadership Retreat in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so I have to uh, thank the Alliance. Um, they are, uh, for those of I hope everyone here is a member of the Alliance for Biking and Walking. They're a, a really fantastic organization, and, and Jeff's going to talk in a minute. But one of the things they really do is bring people together and help build capacity and um, that's something that I really felt like we need to be doing here in California as well, um, because there are so many advocates um, from around California who are doing amazing things, and it took going to Tennessee for me to meet many of them, <laughs> and I felt like, you know, we should be meeting in California, and we should be learning from each other, because we are facing a lot of the same issues, we deal with the same environmental laws, um, a, a lot of the same things, and so we should really be learning from each other about how we can create change in our community, how we can create change in our region, and how we can create change in our state. Um, and so after, I, I, you know, I talked with a lot of my fellow advocates at the leadership retreat, and it was a continuing conversation in the months afterwards, and um, I sort of stalked the CBC. <laughs> I was like, we need to have a state summit to come together uh, so we can really share our struggles and successes. And really, you know, part of it for me was, is, is as a local advocate, I really see the need to create change at the state level. So many of the things that we face as local advocates are changes that need to happen legislatively at the state level. And so for me, really, it's about creating a stronger statewide bicycle advocacy movement, and it's also about creating a stronger California Bicycle Coalition. 
And so I, I talked with Dave and Chris and the board members, and um, well, who I'll introduce in a moment, and uh, they agreed. They felt that this was something we really needed to be doing, and um, they put me on their board. So that I could help make this happen. Um, and so I'm really pleased today to see all of you here and see this idea which, which began in Tennessee and grew over the months and got uh, further elaborated on in Wyoming at a, at a special executive retreat of the Alliance for Biking and Walking. And um, I'm really excited for this weekend for us to really start working together, um, to share our struggles, to really identify the, the issues that we can change at the state level and figure out what kind of policy platform we can have for the next year and the years to come to create the change we need to see um, so that we can really live in healthier, more livable, and more bikeable communities. And so without much further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Chris Morpeth, our uh, board president for the California Bicycle Coalition. So that was Alexis Lance. That was Alexis uh, talking about the intro on that, but uh, we, were, we just wanted to preface to what was going on. And then there were breakout kind of, um, what would you call them, little committees or uh, workshops where they were able to, uh, uh, sorry about the microphone, where they were able to actually um, discuss specific issues about how uh, we can increase uh, everything from tourism to education to, uh, yes, let me, let me take very care of that. Education to how uh, to get youth involved in, in different things. So, what we're going to listen to now is uh, uh, a few of those workshops where we, we're going to hear some of the people uh, in in the workshops, and then we'll hear a presentation by by uh, somebody. So, this was just off the cuff. Some of the things that uh, people were talking about. Yeah, go ahead and play the the first one. The first one was about uh, some legal issues uh, with bicycles. But I think what's more to the point is if what we want is to have curriculum um, in the in standards, I don't think we start by writing the curriculum. I think we have to start by looking at what's the obstacles that's keeping the Office of Education from letting it, this has been tried and it has been rejected. And so what are the obstacles and how do we address those obstacles? And Wendy, could you maybe give us background on what that has been tried? Um, well, you know, we heard a little bit this morning when, uh, you know, that, that it can't cost them any money. It can't, they, you know, we don't want them to take any more time. Um, and, you know, we have to, we have these standards that we have to meet, and these yeah. are more important. And, you know, for instance, when they were doing the PE curriculum, there were people who were trying to get bicycle safety into that curriculum and they just weren't hearing of it. I don't know why. When was the there bicycle safety and health the health curriculum? Health curriculum. I think there's other people in the room who probably know better than I do. Mm -hmm. You know, what what's already there, what are the problems? But I think we need to address those because at, right now it's a political problem. Uh, once we get past that then the writing of the curriculum will have to happen within the Office of Education, and they're going to want to be involved with it. We can't just put a package together and say, here, adopt this. Well, I mean, this is a little bit different way. Is it, is it possible, is it possible, maybe we should focus not just on our annual curriculum, but on that curriculum that would be seen compelling to our legislators as a reason why we do need to have it in the schools. Right now, 
I spent time with, with uh, Fiona Ma and and and, uh, and then told you the story about our our, represent our congressional representative trying to get through to them is they don't understand the problem. So what could we what could we say to them that would be compelling to them to want to try to support it and see the see the facility doing it? Would that would that be an acceptable way to approach it? Okay, so just to say so, we're listening so this, to yeah, a this, breakout session. Yeah, this California is a breakout Mike session. Summer. And then um, la later they discussed everything from legal issues that bike riders tend to face to how that relates to um, to safety and how um, the, these, uh, the, these safety issues uh, become more than just uh, an education kind of thing. And so a, a lot of times um, we you, you see how interrelated something from education relates back to, to something that, you know, a complete streets issue is getting it safe for everyone, really increasing the bike riders thing, uh, the bike riders safety. And you have to understand that um, in, in some cases, people are just so adamantly against anything that has to do with bikes. It's a, they're anti-bike that it, that it, you see how it works with this. Now, this these is, guys, yeah. This is this the um, I think towards the third day, and there were all sorts of people that came out, inclu including uh, um, Senator uh, Alan Lowenthal, who's uh, a big bicycle advocate. He talked about some of this. So this is the third day of the California Bike Summit. Yeah, the third day, uh, the second day actually. Second day. When we're still downtown at the uh, Kyoto Grand, I think, and there was. Uh, what did you think of the venue? I, th I thought it was, uh, for what it was, they spent a lot of money, but I'm sure they made a deal for it, and it, I think it was just to accommodate everybody. Um, you have to remember that a lot of these speakers probably are always in a hotel or something, but I, I thought for what they were talking about, they could have done this anywhere. I know in the past they right. had, uh, but it was nice. It was yeah. Yeah. somewhere between you have to have it catered and you don't want it in a gym. <laughs> and people are coming from, you, you have to accommodate them. In a location, so I, I thought it was really nice. Um, just just from that point of view, I'm sure they everything w was done to accommodate them. But I, I really think, uh, I from a, a, a city point of view, from Los mm -hmm. Angeles, it's actually centrally located. I liked where it was, yeah. and um, but I wonder if my relatives were coming from out of town. If I'd say, "Oh, go stay at the Kyoto Grand." <laughs> Yeah. You know, it it is downtown located, but let, let's be honest, it's still downtown, and everything else is sort of like a a spider out from there. And I'm thinking of a large, large, huge spider because it, Los Angeles is so laid out. And and in fact, at one point, uh, um, uh, they were commenting that um, one of them was commenting. Um, uh, somebody that showed up. It's like, yeah, you know, I should have walked. I didn't really realize how close this was to the venue because they had it two days one was at the uh i think they would have liked to have had the whole thing at the uh the the california um uh endowment downtown but i i think they were closed on the weekend and so that was the uh sort of the impetus for having it at a hotel or finding something okay. downtown that was still located to the rest of it so um it's, it's not to be confused i guess with the la bike summit which was at trade tech no, which I I, th I really liked. Everybody always complained about it. But I, I think, A, it was downtown local. The only thing I, I would comment on is there's not a lot of food near Trey Tech. And while they did have, I think, didn't they have some uh, food trucks come down? They they also had food trucks at this one, but they needed more than one. 
the exclusivity of just having one food truck really uh, maybe if they had planned on feeding that many people and had a pre pre kind of are they going to do the trade done. tech one again I don't know. LA bikes on uh, I think that was also with Occidental, and we can uh, check into that. Yeah. Um, so what do you got here? You got another page of uh, this. Event, uh, this is actually um, uh, we we could listen to a lot of this. There's more report backs, but I, I figured we'd get to what Dave Schneider and Jim Sawyer, who were uh, talking about on the third day, some of the some of the issues. I, I know that uh, they were talking about um, safety. And they were also alluding to the fact that uh, the senator just talked about uh, some of the issues with funding and stuff. You know, all these bike projects. So Dave Snyder and Jim Sayer. Yeah. Dave Snyder I, is. I know uh, that he. I think he came with the. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Charlie Gandy had brought him down there with the the point that he was doing a lot to to facilitate some of the the changes we want to see in Los Angeles to make it a a more bikeable, safe, friendly city. And having said that, uh, he talked uh, the opening remarks on the second day, uh, w- which was downtown, and then they broke off into other, uh, as you heard, right. uh, let's, stuff. So let's let's, let's hear a little bit of, of uh, Dave and Jim talking about it. They're they're both on the board cool. of the uh, California uh, Bike Coalition. Great. Okay, let's let's see if we can't get this. Paper. 
Uh, at lunchtime, we are going to ask you to quote which campaign ideas you think are most important for California. Then we're going to go out to some food trucks, have some delicious uh, food truck lunch, uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to meet in the same room that we were in yesterday, which is divided into four smaller rooms, and over two sessions, of where we're going to dig down deep into eight uh, different campaign ideas. So based on, on what you all want to work on, uh, we, will, we will sort of um, narrow in on um, what it means to pursue, say, a, a, uh, a campaign to get uh, anti-harassment law in the state of California, like uh, what law and, uh, what, what do we want out of a three-foot passing bill next year, for example. What Those are two examples of what we're going to work on uh, in the afternoon after lunch. The first panel is uh, about our strategic priorities uh, currently. In, when, when we started at the beginning of this year, we thought, well, what what are we going to work on this year in the short term uh, to, to pursue our organization? And, and, I, and I, I'm happy that our board uh, gets and agrees with the strategy of, of organization development being important always when we work on the campaigns. We're thinking about building our political strength so that we can get something bigger and better in future years. And it's one of the, the things that I, I consider a success from the SB 910 effort. Like you noted, the, these other senators uh, and assembly members who stood up on the floor and professed their support for cycling and came out as a, as a bicycle rider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, did, we did a lot of really good uh, organizing uh, on, on this bill. We identified tons of people who hadn't been involved before who got passionately behind it. And that was a success. And we're going to be able to build on that for uh, a new version of SB 910 and other changes. So, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that the board uh, sees that. We, we worked on uh, the three-foot passing bill as a, an element of safe recreational riding. It's also for transportation, too, but I think it comes up a lot when you ride on, 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 on country roads. There's an element of a campaign to promote bicycle riding as economic development, bicycle tourism as economic development. That's one of the things that we decided we wanted to work on. Another that we decided that we want to work on is education uh, in the schools for uh, you know, um, child, child bicycle safety, mostly. And then uh, the third one, that we wanted to work on uh, is reforming bikeway design standards, and then, of course, uh, the complete streets is uh, fourth. And the next panel uh, um, is going to talk about and fill you in on what exactly we've done so far this year with our current strategic uh, priorities. Uh, after this panel, we're going to hear from our allies in transportation reform to hear what they have worked on. We've had a little discussion about that. And then we're going to hear a little bit about the, the nuts and bolts of the CDC and how we go about achieving our goals. All of that will inform your votes. After you hear all this information, you have so much information, you have to ask questions, it will inform your votes 
on, on what you think uh, we ought to work on uh, in the coming year. All right, I just want to say that that is the president of the California Bike Coalition, uh, Dave Snyder. <sighs> yeah, that's he, he said that. Yeah. Well, he may have said that. Okay, okay so anyway, um, there were there were a lot of issues that uh, were discussed here, and remember we were we were talking about um, bike safety, and this is Ryan Schneider who was talking about bike safety. That was one of the issues they addressed. Right. Any relation? I don't think so. No, he he spells it differently. Actually, I think they spell it the same, but they're not related. That would be nice if everybody was related within the bike area, right? Literally my, related? My yeah. cousin on uh, my mother's... No, it's it's silly, but in this holiday thing, we kind of believe everything would be related, but it's really not. All right. Kind of like if the South came to bike culture, right? Yeah, because what? They're all related <laughs> in the South? <laughs> well, that's, that's, the, that's the joke that everybody perpetrates, but it's not true. And the, and the education and the idea of, uh, you know, southern twang makes you sort of less educated or something like that, which is just the opposite. I, I think we've overcome our fight with the opposite is true. Southern between, twang makes you more between the war, educated? the war against the states. It was how many hundreds of years ago? I think we've evolved. I hope. Past I know, somebody that. was pointing out the other day that that we haven't evolved that, past that. Well, huh? if you look at all the people who are sort of the right wing who are you know who want to take away all of our social okay maybe this is better left to talk is still cheap sorry because i'm seeing it sort of whatever but what i was saying is you could look at it for that i'm just uh, saying though if you look at the red states they're they're still the civil war states (laughs) (laughs) okay um we could we could also look at it that uh, the South has given us Coca Cola, and so we're uh, you from know a what? dietary You're just point of view. You're just making from a dietary point of view, we've been sort of enculturated with with uh, drinking sugary water and stuff because of that. But I'd like to argue that um, it's. Well, I'd like California to believe that there's, the, a, the there's a trend. The drive through California gave us all of the fast food, uh, so we could blame ourselves. We could blame ourselves first, yes. which is probably best. Well, maybe we can blame ourselves for being the solution too. <laughs> No, I, I mean, we, we L.A. trends. Day, I will, I will give you that. L.A. trends a lot of stuff. And um, one of the things that we saw this week, if well, we want to get really topical, is that even, even after there was a huge, huge, and I really would argue why you, you don't plan an accident, but there was a lot of funds that went into rerouting and um, just reconstruction of this bridge that it took place uh, for those of you that are listening and don't know anything about this uh there was a fire a tanker truck a gasoline tank truck uh for some reason the brakes locked there was a fire um they're still looking into it forensically too which is kind of strange um and lo and behold it landed underneath a bypass or a a, a bridge and this this bridge caught fire and we're talking about a, a huge fireball taking out concrete and steel and closing down the freeway, which wouldn't make any kind of difference because we were a bike show. But what it did is it, it put people, uh, cars usually that, that take the freeway now in the streets, clogging that artery. And a lot of people were going, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? And a lot of them said, well, I'm obviously not going to drive. I'm going to take public transportation, which is kind of strange because... 
that it took an accident to get him on the on the train. Maybe that's a good thing because they'll yeah, they'll see how much that? easier it is. We got but anyway, we're we're going back to the phones we here. Got, we got Don here, Ro, aka Roadblock uh, Midnight Riders, right here. Who might be talking about what, Don? What's up? What's happening? That's what I'm saying. What's happening? Actually, Don, Don was on the toy ride last week. Dude, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a fucking. I'm gonna, oh, sorry. I'm gonna pull a tank, man. Bear muffs. I'm Bear the muffs. next MTA bus that cuts me off on Sunset Boulevard. You're gonna pull a what? A tank, man. Okay, Tandem now. In square style. I'm gonna get in front of that bus, and that bus is going nowhere. Oh my God! Really? What? Why? What drove yeah. you to this? Because I ride, dude. Sunset is one of my routes, and these MTA bus drivers, you know. A lot of them are cool, and actually, a few of them have been super courteous, but the last two weeks, I've been cut off by three bus drivers, just dangerous. Just like, you're riding, you're approaching where a bus stop is, and some bus driver just zooms, blasts past you, jumps into the bus stop, cuts you off, you have to slam on your brakes or get on the sidewalk to get out of the way just happened to me this morning and i'm just on a rampage right now yeah that i mean that that. I, that sounds really infuriating has that ever happened to either of you guys oh yeah i'm sure it's happened to another i think it's happened to me probably once or twice i mean so um now the tank man r- response i like the the name of tank man because I, I never knew the name of that guy in tiananmen square who stood in front of the tank with the shopping bags but, yeah and you know what i shouldn't even compare what that guy did, but symbolically it's the same thing. But you know, obviously, guy was a hero to billions. But, uh, well, this is we're talking to Roblox. He's the guy who uh, so, civil rights. Civil rights, yeah. Bikes, bikes is a civil rights issue. Yeah. Yeah. But, Human uh, rights. This is this is Roblox, the guy who started the ride that that raced uh, JetBlue during Carmageddon. Ugh. Um, and so this could be this like this the next big um, what do you call it like action? You the know? next big action. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we have to put it in a yeah. racing point of view. We got we got to recruit Stephen Box for that one too. <laughs> I'm sure because he would. I, you know what? Let's get him on the phone because I think he'd probably like to weigh in on this. <laughs> um, um. Hey, do you guys know about this uh, good transportation? visualization project that's happening downtown in half an hour? Do you know? Uh, no, why don't you tell us about it? Is doing a, uh, that's another reason why I called. They're doing a uh, some kind of transportation visual comparing you know, modes of transportation. It's down at 5th and uh, Hill at uh, noon, from noon to 3 today. What is it? To head down there. What, what is it? What is that? What is it going to be? You know, I'm not sure, but there's that picture that kind of floats around the internet where it shows, um, you know, space taken up by automobile drivers, bus riders, and uh, bicycle riders. It compares, like, you know, the amount of uh, passengers per, you know, square foot, I guess you could call it. And uh, I think they're doing something similar to that, or maybe something that illustrates that in a different way. But it should be, should be pretty cool. This is I know that um, Gary from Gary Rides Bikes is going to head down there and his wife, so it's always a good time. Th- this relates back to some issues, this chicken letter here, uh, that had to do with uh, Chris Morphis and his talk at this uh, conference about complete streets, uh, mm-hmm. making it safe not only for 
you riding your bike, but also uh, if a car needed to get through there, the street would be accommodating to all modes of transportation as opposed to just one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, complete streets. I mean, that's awesome. That's something that's been the buzz on that's been been uh, rising steadily, and uh, I think it's it's uh, you know like little towns in around in and around Los Angeles are starting to to uh, buy into it. Um, right. With Burbank. with road diets and what have you and diets. stuff. Yeah. Sadly, they're called road diets. Yeah, which makes it seem like it's about food and trying to find a fast food restaurant that you can get in and out of fast, but it has or nothing it, to do with it that. Makes you, it makes you think you're losing something, you know, like, oh, I'm on a diet. I'm yeah. losing something with this, when actually we should be calling them road buffets because <laughs> you're getting more. You're getting <laughs> lots of yummy different options for your transportation diet. Yes, the f- the foodie in us wants to say it's like a road smorgasbord, right? <laughs> road but but that's a foreign word, and it would confuse people even more. So they would say, "Aren't we turning into communists or something?" Road hey, what well, one of the one of the things I really do want to address why I've got you on the phone is, um, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with SC. SC, uh, one one of the things is they're they're doing all this great stuff to make their section of town great. But the minute you sort of drive out of SC, you're, they, they seem to have LAPD posted giving out tickets. Uh, and they're, they're not hardcore tickets, but kind of tickets. And I'm just noticing it's like, Wait, is this... Where's SC? Uh, USC? USC. And it's, is this about really safety, you know, giving out tickets for lights and stuff? Or is it about, you know, should it be warnings instead? And I'm, I'm reminded just on the toy ride, there was, you know, we're making... A thousand people are making a right. I, I think you can make a right on a red. There wasn't any traffic. Uh, no, you have to stop. You have to come to a full stop. To make a right on the red? Yeah. Okay. I have it on video. We were making a right on a green. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, it, it, sadly. Although it, 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 there, was, there was a time, a period earlier where we made a right on a red. The, the street. The, maybe yeah. They're pulling people over for that street, but that was several blocks before. And on this video that I have, you can't like the, the sirens weren't. Um, no, no, they were going until we, we hit. Um, what was that street? That was Fifth, I think. It's Code Four, I think, isn't that the one? Or Code uh, Three, where there there's no lights, but there's still a police or whatever. Anyway, yeah. what I'm trying to get to is, um, they were actually sort of forcing people to to do whatever at any cost to stay safe, which is just yeah. the opposite of what you think of police doing. In fact, they were facilitating an accident rather than sort of uh, remedying one with... Uh, well, these, these police, um, you know, they see a thousand people in the street. They're coming, a lot of them are coming back from, you know, whatever military background they have you know, whatever uh, wars they've been fighting and they see these thousand people in the street, that, that combined with their LAPD training, they're, it's not a good, it's not a good situation. They're, they're gonna, some of them are gonna get heated. They're gonna, you know, do what they did on the toy ride, drive into a bunch of people, you know, and on a toy ride. Bike. Because it's like, it's like their brains are trained 
for crowd control under different circumstances and they see this and it's like some kind of light turns on in some policemen's heads that um, just they get angry and they they have to do what they have to do in their minds to stop this mass of people from you know in our case having fun but in their minds it's like we're some kind of protest um, so would you consider getting involved uh, in, in you know an activist type way in getting police better trained for to deal with bikes or is there already something like that there is already something like that I'm already involved it's called the LAPD bike task force and the LAPD has you know they've reached out to the bike community after that um, LA critical mass incident where cops were caught on tape kicking bike riders and Manny. tackling bike riders um, they you know they started to get involved with midnight riders I mean they, they started posting on the forum and communicating and they, they had this bike task force going and I was invited and you know anybody's invited that wants to get involved the meetings happen I think like every two months or something you have like a couple hours where you can discuss issues with the police and um, you know like I go there and when that you know when things happen next bike task force meeting I'm going to meet with them and, and, and go and voice my you know my issue there's there's always a couple of things that really tick me off about the way that um, LAPD responds that one is when they respond to hit and runs uh, my boy Sean Martin just got hit on Hollywood Boulevard hit and run get out of town and his bike was totaled you know smashed from behind he was up and walking and so because he was up and walking and he chose not to get transported to the hospital um, the, the cop marked it down as a misdemeanor and what that means is the detectives you know put it in a stack that takes you know how long I don't know a month or so to get to and, uh, you know, Sean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to incur these huge hospital bills. So just like any other bike rider, you know, there's, there's always a concern about your hospital bills. You don't, you don't have, we don't have car insurance to protect us, you know. We don't have uninsured motorist uh, coverage. And so, of course, a lot of times somebody's going to choose not to take the, the ambulance ride, the $1,000 ambulance ride to the hospital. But because of that, you get penalized in, in uh, the kind of detective work that's available. It, it's funny because that was one of the issues in the breakout session they were talking about. It's like uh, the, the California, Bike California Bike Summit that we were playing earlier. Uh, they were talking about some of the legal ramifications with uh, just what, what would you do. And one of the things that came out sort of uh, unanimously is that if – a car and a bicycle do get into some sort of altercation. It's always, regardless of who, who's whatever, the, the, there's a liability factor with a car, which, uh, you know, with bicyclists it sounds great, but I'm sure the car lobby has is, is sort of suspended this, and that's 
what they were talking about with that bill that we we had on earlier. The the, the bill exactly. They it was defeated, and you'd think it was a no brainer, but it was because AAA decided any kind of thing. It's almost like the gun lobby. Any kind of legislation is bad. Talking about Triple A? What's that? Yeah, Triple yeah. A. You know, they I read one time that they're the largest membership organization after the Catholic Church. <laughs> oh my god. Bless you, my son. Talk about your evil organizations out there. Uh-huh. Did I just say that? But I mean but I do love the way that they get there when I have a flat tire. Um dude, you Yeah. You know, but you can just make a phone call to a local tow truck company. I don't know. I guess that is true. They, they do offer something, right? But there's a better plan out there. It's called the, um, what is that called? The Better Better Earth Organization or something. There's another AAA out there. Oh. Yeah. There's an alternative. And Shadow they actually help bike riders, too. Wow. There's, yeah. Let's see, what was it called? Um, hey, I wanted to ask you, oh, yeah, unless you are coming up with the answer. Um, I wanted to ask you about the good event today. Do you know what it's called? Because I'm on the good website and I can't find it. Uh, go to Facebook and go to uh, go to good. Here, yeah, you, you know it's funny because good in the past has actually done a lot with fundraising for the Ciclavia and stuff. They're really dedicated yeah, to good. finding good. In, 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 good. in <laughs> good is good in it's finding things. Good that, attacks LA transportation, and it's the 17th. Yeah. That's today. Oh, the, I, I saw that. Yeah. There was, uh, I, I think Dwight did a. Wolfpack hustle it down the downtown here from Oh. Hollywood. So you're hustling and down. Street and Hill. You know, I saw the ad for the good attacks, and I didn't know what it was. It just said good attacks, and it showed. But it's stuck in my head. Like, like it's an interesting concept. Good Attacks, like you don't think of good as something that could be a- attacking, but then again, I thought that's really cool if good would, you know, really attack. Yeah. yeah. So it's stuck. Like Peace breaking out. There's another one. There's six fingers. Yeah, like one fist has six fingers, right? And the other yeah. one. Is, Boom. Oh, because it's got to spell out attack. I wish we all had six finger fists. That was it. Uh, those MTA bus drivers. Boom. Was it uh, way to way to uh, return to your main? Wasn't that a uh, outer <laughs> limits? He's back. Your your phone's breaking up. You know I can't find it on Facebook. The event that you're talking about. I'm sorry. Well, you might have to believe what good? Oh, good attack. Search for good attack. You might have to believe roadblock. You know, believe a person rather than the internet. I know that's a hard concept, but. Anyway, you know why we got him on the phone? Why we got you on the phone? You want to tell us a little bit about about uh, uh, not not so much the police reaction and stuff. I mean, we we discussed that, but uh, and we also discussed how some of our friends that we wouldn't think of as lawbreakers 
were cited for things like running red lights and things, and I'm referring to Will Campbell and and oh, Ru- yeah. Ru- and uh, Will Campbell. That guy's that and, guy's a scofflaw. <laughs> yes, and and uh, Steve Rulia, Rollers. But Mr. Rollers too. Yeah, I mean those are the two that the cops could catch. Um, what what <laughs> I what I want to talk about was uh, the fact that the toy ride came off. I mean, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Once oh, all this was, stuff came so off, beautiful. you were there, not enjoying it. But well, maybe you were enjoying it, but you were screen printing for hours. Anything for that, hours, yeah. literally, and and um, I, I I'm, missed the whole thing. Every once in a while, I looked up and saw that people were having a great time. Yeah, but uh, I want to bring this full circle and say that today, if you want to have that same kind of excitement, the the people from Cycle are doing a ride. They just uh, Toys and Mittens ride. Right. They just started out in, in uh, of all places, Burbank, and you can uh, chart them too on their Facebook. Here's here's uh, Nick again. Hey. Well, I found it. Good attacks, and um, it says it's like a f- it's like a flash mob. They're comparing it to. In a way. It's a flash mob thing. Oh, is it? I don't know, Ooh, but they're even cooler. They're they're occupying fourth and is it fourth and? Don't say that. You're gonna get the homeland security's gonna scan that and come out. Terrorists. Yes. <laughs> it's no. We we joke about you that, but that's over. that's what they're slapping all these people that were occupied with. They're not just protesters. They're now um, homeland uh-huh. terrorists. Homeland terrorists. And it, and that's why it's costing five grand, which is kind of um, sad. Uh, any comments while we have you here on that on that new uh, law that's being uh, written up about how you know the the United States can detain anybody as a terrorist without a warrant and uh, wherever they are? If you have any connections with other countries, you know, birthright, whatever, through your parents, if you're about to have kids, go to those countries and apply for citizenship and. <laughs> You know, get that dual citizenship so that when the whole the whole uh, Titanic sinks over here, you can just hop on over to a country that's more free, hopefully, you know. I'm going to try to get that EU citizenship happening. Yeah, that'll be nice. That's going to be the, that's really the only answer, is like they say, if you don't like it, move, right? Right, that's what they always, the conservatives always they say. Always say. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, my friend is actually about to have a kid. Wow, it's starting to rain. He's about to have a kid, and I was telling him, yo, bro, you should just spend six months in the EU, have the kid over there, see if you can get that citizenship for that kid. And just uh, it's a little insurance policy for when this country collapses. I don't know. You know, but there's always been stuff like this. There's always been, you know. I know. And, the end of the world is coming. And and you know you think of things like good magazine and good attacks. I think I think you know that you get the the good fist. You know, and you just you attack. Okay, why why does it have to be a fist, man? Well, I've never seen the good fist before, and it. Well, you know, it's like the it's like the stock market, or it's like you know, it's like you buy some stock, it goes up and down. So right now this thing is going down, you know, right. but it'll. It'll reset. The it's li- going to take a the, couple generations. The, you know? the freedom index is going the down. The freedom index, yeah. I like that. The freedom index, the jobs index. 
all our jobs have been pretty much exported. I think uh, Chicken Leather is having a reaction to all of this non-bike sp specific <laughs> talk. This all has to do with bikes, though, Chicken Leather. Yeah, we we bike riders, we're the warriors here. We're we're the ones that are going to be ready for the collapse. All these other people that are used to driving their cars and their sedentary lifestyles, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't afford to drive a car anymore. What am I going to do? I, I think we'll that, already be handling it. I, I, but I think that's, you know, to be fair to the rest of the population, I think that's a transition that could happen in about five minutes. Five minutes? It, how long is it going to take to really realize, you know, how to ride a bike and, and get around? Um... There's going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people in those little scooter wheelchairs, those like really super oversized oh. people right. that aren't going to be able to ride bikes because they've been eating. I got an email from one of those. For the last 20 years. What are we going to do about them? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to help them. We'll, we'll have, have to help them. We'll have to help them learn to ride a bike. I mean, but that's also what you guys would, is, we're all getting ready for. Is he down there right now? Are you down you, there? Nah, I'm just walking down the street. Okay. Um, ranting and raving. Are, are you going to go I, there? Are did you I gonna... totally turn this radio show into a disaster? It's okay. We're, we're, we're in the end of our second hour. We had a lot of great interviews, and we're just coasting to the finish line. <laughs> coasting to the finish line. Are, are you going to be there for the for the good event? Yeah, I am. I don't know. It looks like it's kind of raining outside. I should have brought my fender. So... so so do you are you are you wearing rain gear or are you just nah. what are you wearing? Our, you know what, LA we have just water, right? Here. We should be so lucky. We're it's just ride. water, right? Yeah, it's just water. Yeah. So once again, this this good event is downtown. When? Uh, in like ten minutes, Fiston Hill. All right, I'll, we'll see if we can't send a kill radio reporter down there to get yeah, arrested or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna head over there right now. Okay. All right. Well, here, Hi guys, here's Nick. Great. Um, Thanks for calling. Ranting. And uh, I, I got a new idea I want to talk to you about in, in terms of websites and stuff. Oh, cool. All right. See okay, you later. take care, guys. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. Well, we alluded to the fact that there was a toy ride, and we talked about that. If you have been in a hole for the last three weeks and I mean, who doesn't know that there was a toy um, We're going to be recapping some of that later today. Uh, well, specifically, I talked seven minutes. Oh, we do have seven minutes, but I just wanted to throw that in there because somebody sort of emailed us that they were wondering if we were there. We were there. Um, sadly, we've lost some of the tapes, um, and uh, we're. This is the I've, royal. I've done it. Yeah, this is this is the bane of I our existence here. But I didn't lose the tapes. We we're we're sort of having to clean up my house just to find out if I, in fact, lost them outside the house or inside the house, which is what we're doing. But having done that... All right, let's not get into the whole No, having done specifics. that, uh, there's a lot of lost and found stuff that we found at the bike event, and um, we, we've we got some of it in uh, a couple places. We'll, we'll talk about it later, on, like I said, on the show this e evening. Um, but we want to get back to uh, one... A couple things, because it is the charity season. We mentioned cycle and the mittens and um, um, ride. What they do uh, with mittens in toys, the mittens part of the cycle people, uh, Dan was telling me, is Who's to... Who's Dan? Dan Berlant? Dan, Dan, Dan Dubeck from, oh. um, from um, Cycle. 
he he's the guy I'm that sorry. runs Cycle, uh, Cyclist Inciting Change through Life Exchange. Um, they're doing their toy mittens ride, and the mittens part is to actually give warm clothes and stuff like that. And along those lines, uh, Jesse, who we've heard here before, active, is doing with the Mom Riders a Sock the Homeless uh, charity ride. That's coming up. If you want to uh, donate some socks or, or help out these things, you can uh, contact Active. Uh, you can either call oh, us here at the active? station. Active? Oh, yeah, but what if, let's say, somebody doesn't know who Active is? How would they do that? Well, I'm, I'm telling me he's a mom writer who's been active and he's been on the show before uh, talking about bike issues. He does ghost bikes. And so what do you if put you out haven't the, heard you, this. You put out the signal? like Well, what I, what I, yeah, the bat signal. No, I was going to say, give us a call here at 213-252-0998, the Kill Radio phone number, Kill Radio. <laughs> Two five two oh nine nine eight, and I'd like to say or we're also podcast. I was going to give, uh, yeah, we on podcast K- on KPFK. KPFK on the podcast. Or thank you, KPFK. You can you can call Active directly, and I was going to give his wow, phone number. Really? Well, in oh, lieu of give, giving his phone number over the internet, no, 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 dude, because he gave it out right here. He on He did. He did give it out on Facebook. We're going to do it too. Three two three five seven four three nine seven zero. That's Active. Three two three five seven four three. Three nine seven zero, or there's another number there. Anna Grote, a three two. Yeah, I, I would say that now before we inundate everybody with four numbers or three numbers, let's keep it to the two, and you know, give me a call at Kill Radio. And hey, we'll um, pass it on. You know, or you can uh, check out his Facebook. This is this ride. It says it's called the Sock the Homeless Charity Ride, not the Mittens Ride. <laughs> no, this is along those same lines. Sock you, the Homeless you, is giving socks from from the clock on the wall. I I think you've. We've the, the mitten ride started out at ten thirty, and it's now noon. So if they're not wrapping it up, they're somewhere in between there and getting coffee or something. But there's still a lot of what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of charities there, and if you haven't given already, you can always um, bring it by either the station here, the radio station, or or uh, one of the bike collectives, and we'll make sure it gets to the right people. How would somebody know where the radio station is here? We have it on our website. On killradio.org? Yeah. It's there at the top next to next to our phone number and who's running the station. And Robin Torres, who's our program director. I want to call a... a and Robin's nodding her head going, yes, that's on the website. Yes. So um, anyway, in the last... Uh, there's, there's no Robin. Okay. In the last six minutes, um, we're, we're going to be... Uh, we could either go back to uh, Complete Streets at... Uh, Chris Morphis talked about it. The bike like three Summit. minutes. We have three minutes now. I'm being corrected. Or we could go to whoever you're calling now. Well, I was going to call Joseph. Okay. Um, he he actually uh, when he says Joseph, he's he's referring to Joseph. Um, you got me, Braille over mm-hmm. at uh, Flying Pigeon, who is uh, not only I, I I guess we could call him a, a semi sponsor, can't we? Because they they semi-sponsor me in the coaster break and they sponsor a lot of uh, infrastructure. He's also responsible for doing um, the other part of the sort of forgotten part of uh, Figueroa and and implementing the bike plan there, um, slowing down traffic as a safety precaution and and they're finding out uh, some of the business community that if you slow traffic, people might be able to see see some of the advantages of of increased uh, um, 
foot traffic slash because they're slowing down enough to see the signs and things. And, and it's funny because um, I remember taking a, a ride arc ride with um, um, Alex uh, uh, years ago. Um, and his ride arc ride consisted of showing you how just the landscape is built for the automobile around here. You have huge signs that you can see at 30 miles an hour plus, and, and that's why you have these huge fast food places with signs that you can see from like blocks and miles away. It's almost like the icon. If you ever talk to, to friends and we, we're getting back to the food aspect that you can always see these things from the, from the roadside, like miles away. And you think, wow, I thought it'd be closer. Um, if you're in a car, you're, you're going to hit it faster. Anyway, um, Nick has just ran into the room. Here right, we, we go. Joseph on the air from the flying. Uh, Hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Mike talk. Not much. We're here talking about all kinds of great stuff. We had great interviews, and now we're talking to you. Uh, ask him about. <laughs> you needed someone right. that you need to give people a chance to go to the bathroom. Uh, they needed a break. Yeah. So they... <laughs> all uh, right. That's uh, when I get on. Well, uh, it's raining. It just rained a little bit at Rod out here in Northeast LA. Is it acid uh, so rain? I don't know. It's questionable if um, we'll go on the dim sum ride tomorrow. Everything says it's going to be sunny in the weather report. So tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., folks are going to meet us at the Flying Fish and Bike Shop, and we're going to go at about 10.30. We're going to head out to Alhambra to go and get some dim sum, some, chi- some Chinese brunch. Oh, oh. Does this and, mean? And uh, yeah. what else is going on? I, you guys interrupted me. I was in the middle of machining out a chain case for uh, a flying pigeon bicycle that we're assembling for people to come and take a look at and test ride. It's been yeah. a while since we built one, so Ask him if together. the, the freeway and, closure uh, is going to stop the bike. Yeah, I wrote an article a week ago um, that was uh, – about uh, the pedicab regulations in Los Angeles. I don't know if anybody caught right. that, but it was uh, can't see the pedicab jobs for the green, and it was about Mayor Villaraigosa's administration and the regulation of bicycle taxis in Los Angeles. We got a ton of interest because of that, and some guy in New York wants to start a pedicab company in L.A. now. Even though the article was all about how you can't start a pedicab business in L.A., but anyway. <laughs> Why can't you start a pedicab business in L.A.? Well, there's, um, there's, a law, there's some laws and rules on the books, but the Department of Transportation uh, doesn't want to uh, use them. So if you go to submit to, to get a permit to get a bicycle taxi, there are all these hoops that make you jump through, and even if you jump through them, they still will not approve your pedicab. They just refuse to do it. Um, and then the second reason is that so if you do do it, then it's illegal. So you can get fined or, or whatever, a banned from doing it for life or whatever. There's some things in their, their books. And uh, there were some attempts to reform these rules, and the, re- the rules that were written as a reform – were worse than the existing rules, and um, there were a few people in the last, in 2007, from three different angles. There's a rich businessman, kind of a on-the-ground, poor guy, working-class guy, hippie, and um, a member of the Community Redevelopment Agency who actually got a million dollars from the government to start a bicycle taxi program in downtown. All three of these programs in downtown, three different angles, um, community, you know, outreach done and, and letters of support and money and uh, insider, outsider, didn't matter who it was, they all got turned down by the Department of Transportation. So that was what my article was all about. It took a, about five years for me to finally get the, the gumption to write it. I started doing research in 2007, and so that was a kind of a long-form article. I don't know if it's that interesting, but it Where worked for it? me to write. Where's your article? Where is it? It's on my Flying Pigeon LA website. Uh, can't see the – it's also got picked up on the patch.com network, so it's on a couple of the – um, AOL patch.com newspapers for the Highland Park patch and the uh, Eagle Rock patch and a few other places, I think. So, uh, can't see the pedicab jobs for the green. And it's about, you know, the mayor and his green agenda and his uh, love of bicycles was just a little bit too late um, for the pe- bicycle taxi to be considered as a, 
in his reform of the city's uh, transportation. So I thought now would be a good time to bring it up, and um, I thought it would be a nice source in certain parts of the of the county or the city, especially down at the beach in Venice um, and uh, in Hollywood and in downtown Los Angeles and places where there's a lot of foot traffic, maybe in the MacArthur Park area. I don't know if people aren't very rich around there, but... Uh, that would be a good place if, if they did the uh, if they set it up properly and and allowed the pedicab operators not to flood the market but to do it in a more controlled fashion. They could guarantee that each operator would could potentially bring in a, a nice livable wage and it'd be a good job. Um, but uh, it's just all dependent on what the uh, what the city wants to do. And uh, right now they're they're stopping people that have the money, have the time, and the willingness, even the government itself, from doing this type of thing, um, which is a great alternative transportation thing. Um, a great green job thing. It's healthy for the people riding the bikes, and uh, it's kind of where you'd think the city would want to be moving now that we're we're past peak oil and blah blah blah, financial Absolutely. crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Why? So, why? I, I still don't get why they're anti-pedicab. Yeah, there's a board order, but the, so the city of council in 1986 gave the LADOT board of commissioners the authority over bicycle taxis, and the board of commissioners of the DOT wrote um, a public board order with all these rules and regulations that are really quite onerous. Um, and those rules uh, at the time shut down the bicycle taxi industry, and they basically existed in Westwood and Venice Beach only at that time, mostly in Westwood. Uh, so they all stopped operating in about 1992, and um, because these these rules are really tough. And uh, now that they haven't there hasn't been a bicycle taxi in the city for almost 20 years, uh, the DOT doesn't even have anybody on staff in their you know taxi cab licensing or any part of their administration that knows what the hell this whole board order is all about. So if you went there to try to submit a permit and said, I want to you know, get a permit, they'd say, well, nobody here handles that. But you can't even apply for one. And uh, if you try to apply for one, which that three, three people did, uh, some, some guy who was like kind of a hippie, some guy who was kind of a, a businessman with a lot of cash, and then this uh, guy from the CRA who had a million dollars uh, for the government to have a government-subsidized pedicab program, all tried to apply with the DOT, and the DOT staff just said, oh, well, you can't do that, and we don't approve it, and no. So a lot of it has to do with just the politics of transportation planning in Los Angeles and, and uh, inertia in the Department of Transportation. That is infuriating. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating, you know, that there are rules in the books. The city refuses to follow them. And, um, and, uh, and then, you know, the rules themselves are awful. But when you do follow the rules, they still won't honor your permit request. Or they'll just turn it down out of hand. And, and one of the reasons they turned it down, the main reason they turned it down, they said pedicabs will slow down traffic. And pedicabs are uh, dangerous and, and all sorts of stuff. It's like, you know, really, when Staples Center or L.A. Live is uh, crowded with 100,000 people, well, 50,000 people and 20,000 cars, is it really the pedicabs that are slowing everybody down or would it be the, the cars that are slowing everybody down? And the pedicabs are all about getting people out of their cars right. or at the very least making the, a bad situation better by allowing people that are, you know, trapped in their cars to park, get out of their car, and then get a little cab ride to wherever they need to be or to take the train and get a little cab ride to wherever they want to go. Um, without having to worry about, you know, an automobile taxi, which is stuck in the same traffic. So, so what are your plans to fight this or to move this forward? Well, I wrote that article, and um, I guess I've got to, I don't think, you know, really people in the advocacy scene in L.A. have enough going on right now. I just was hoping that it would get a little bit more traction. I've got some follow-up articles, a follow-up article I'm going to do about that CRA program. And uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. I, for me, I don't. That's about the extent of what I can do is write articles now on my blog for the, the Flying Pigeon website, and that's been good marketing for us. That's we. I sell a lot of stuff whenever I have a good article like that. So I'm kind of like a part-time journalist, bike shop owner now. That's been working well for me, um, and it, I like doing journalism. So that's what I'm doing. 
Do you? Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to do. If I wanted to push it further, I have a, my own pedicab. We, have, we, my friend uh, Active from the Mom Riders, um, have taken it in Ciclavia a bunch of times. He's been in a few holiday parades this year. Um, he's been hired to ride it in uh, some kind of Indian film festival thing. We pick up all kinds of weird stuff with that bicycle taxi. And maybe, um, I, maybe this guy from New York or whoever, wherever the hell he, I don't even know if it's from New York actually. This guy from the pedicab company. Maybe I'll, I'll talk with him and. Yeah, maybe we can start a pilot program here in Los Angeles um, with quality pedicabs and um, a livable wage for our employees and, uh, you know, a structure that will work. And uh, with my big mouth, maybe that will get some inertia, you know, get, get the ball rolling with, in downtown with uh, the mayor's office and with the DOT. So. Well, thanks, Joseph Braley. Um, and, and that's the, the website is flyingpigeon-la.com. Yeah, that's the one. And we got a blog there. and bunch of other stuff Sweet. but yeah check it out and you got a dim sum ride tomorrow where you go to one restaurant or more than one restaurant we can only go to one <laughs> try to try and do more than one would be tough we'd be there all day but so what we're going to do is we're going to meet here and ride out to one restaurant it's going to be called king law in alhambra and i think what we're going to do is take the gold line which is right behind our bike shop out to the mission station in south half and then ride down into alhambra that way we don't get too much exercise nothing to ruin a morning like getting a lot of exercise so uh, we're going to go stuff our faces with some really good dim sum and uh, then come back here around 1.30. And this is a monthly ride? Yeah, we do the dim sum ride once a month, um, and it's that time of the month. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We all get a little moody around this time. Of course. Time of the month, uh, you know. You need the dim sum. But yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're... Um, so unless Chickler has something else to oh, say, I, I do, but it's oh, going to take longer than but it would take All right, guys. Long. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your gloomy Sunday. All right, you too. Don't get too depressed looking out the window there. It's Saturday. It's Saturday, though. Hide, hide all the sharp objects, chicken leather. <laughs> okay. You too. Right. You too. No, no sharps. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Right, you too. Bye. Um, man, he Shark. gets a lot done, doesn't he? He gets yeah. a lot, He's got a lot going on. He's he's intimating about the last movie I was on. It was about sharks. Um, but anyway, shark attacks aside, um, yeah, watch out for those buses, and we're uh, watch out for the buses, and maybe goodwill attack. We're gonna hopefully check into that, attack. and uh, keep keep in Fun mind attack. that uh, there's there's all sorts of things you can still do to tank, help people tank this man holiday the, season. Tank man the buses, yeah. Um, so I I think that's that's about it. We're gonna play more of uh, the. Um, while while we digitize some things here, we're going to play more of the bike. Uh, in the future, you mean? In the future, yeah. uh, right now we're going to we're going to go out with the, the theme music, but we'll come back, literally, moments away and play a little bit more of the summit, and then we'll uh, be playing enough. more of that later on. The bike summit that Our was done by the LACVC and the Cal Bike CBC. So, I guess there's a, a CBC were... or or uh, a version of our LACBC in other places but because it's not Los Angeles they call it other things like Santa Cruz CBC or well, there's the San Francisco CBC or like or all, whatever. uh transportation alternatives in New York yes, or bike the coalition. Uh, yeah. act, uh, active trans in Chicago and then every city what, what I'm trying to say is there were a lot of people here from the Inland Empire from long from oh, not long from okay. Long Beach from uh, the Orange County, uh, and then a lot of people from up north, and we got to uh, hear all their things, and we're going to hear more if of that you in the were weeks listening, to come. Yeah, okay, cool. So thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Damn, you got the last one.